Hi, it's your pal Steamed Hams. Join me every week on the Unforgettable Luncheon as we discuss topics in the nerd world like gaming, comics, cartoons, and whatever else may cross my mind. You can find me on the socials as SteamedHams81 on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram, and YouTube. You can also find me as the Unforgettable Luncheon on Facebook. And check out Steamed Hams Merchatorium, the link to which will be in the description of this podcast. The Unforgettable Luncheon, nerd comedy at its okayest. Hello and welcome. It's your old pal Steamed Hams. I hope you're ready for another unforgettable luncheon. We all played video games as children and, let's face it, adults, to have a little fun, escape from the real world for a bit, live out our fantasies. These were supposed to be enjoyable and let you just have fun, get away from the world for a while. But some games had that one part that just took it all away. The part that gave you all the stress, headaches, and angers that you really should only have in the real world. Doing adulting and working, not playing video games. I'm talking about the hard parts in games. You know, the ones that are just too hard. And no, that's not what she said. So today we're going to discuss hard parts in classic NES games. Now, we're just talking about one level or one specific task in the game that was damn near impossible to get through, especially for kids. Uh, We're not going to talk about whole games that are complete pains in the ass. We're not talking about uh, Dragon's Lair, all of Battletoads, any of the Mega Man games. We're just going with games that maybe had one level or specific objective that was God damn near impossible. Okay, and we're going to start off. We're not going to in any particular order. I'm uh, going to go with Top Gun from 1987. Based on the badass film of the same name. You play as Maverick, flying missions, of course, in your fancy F-14. And shooting, shooting on other planes, blowing up warships. And for some bizarre reason that was not in the movie... Blowing up a space shuttle. I don't know why. I don't don't know what the point of that mission was, but whatever. Now, the game was pretty straightforward. You know, you had planes. You were trying to avoid being shot, hit with missiles, that sort of thing. But the one thing that always got me, the the flying was easy. The, The air combat was easy for me. Landing the fucking plane. Okay? Because you're coming in the land, and it gives you instructions like... You know, because it wanted certain altitude, certain speed. As a kid, I kind of didn't get that. But it's it's giving you all these instructions like up, down, left, right, up, up, go higher, go lower, speed up, slow down, higher, lower, over here, over there. You know, the same instructions my wife is always yelling at me. But unlike Top Gun, I actually found the itch on her back eventually and scratched it. What did you think I was talking about? Eh? You know, I I never landed that plane. Ever. Not once. I either came in too short and hit the front of the ship, which (laughs) was a problem, or I overshot and they were turning around to fish me out. No matter what I did, I never made it. But the funny part was, 
there was a mid-level thing that you could do if you ran low on missiles or fuel that you could refuel, reload your missiles. And that was the same thing. Speed up, slow down, up, left, right, whatever. You know, trying to get hooked onto the fuel cable. For some bizarre reason, all I had to do was eyeball that thing because it showed you, hey, this is where the nozzle is at, and here, it hooked on, you're good, great, grand, wonderful. But no, I could never, ever land that damn plane. Which is a good thing I was never a real naval aviator because I would probably cost the government billions in fighter jets. <laughs> it's like, hey, he flies great, but it's the landing that's a pain in the ass. It's like, okay, how much does the plane cost us? Did he eject? No, he didn't eject, sir. So he's dead? Yes. Oh my god. We save so much on planes now. That's what would happen if I was a naval aviator. But I was only a sonar technician, so I was safely ensconced in a little little part of the ship watching the screen going, I think that's a submarine. And, you know, I've occasionally found something that might have been a submarine. And it turns out, you know, it was uh, Tom Hanks on a raft with a volleyball. But, hey, they can't all be winners, you know? And we're going to move on from that to Battletoads from 1991. Who among us does not know Battletoads? It was a fun game. It was made by Rare, if I remember right. It was a fun little kind of beat-em-up, if you will call it that, starring these uh, three Battletoads, uh, Zitz, Rash, and I believe it was Pim- uh, Pimple, if I remember right. And you beat up the Psycho Pigs and were trying to defeat the Evil Queen. There was one level, though, that I don't think anybody I ever knew ever got past. It was the third level. It was that goddamn turbo tunnel. You you jumped on this, like, speeder bike and you had to go down this, this track, pretty much, if you want to call it that. And you had to avoid these walls that would zigzag, zigzag. And, you know, these barriers that you jump over, and then you'd have to hit these specific ramps to jump over long-ass chasms. And the problem was, it was all memorization, and it was high speed, and it was long as shit. Okay? So you crashed. You could be damn near the end. You could be, like, five seconds from the finish. You crash, guess what? You're starting all the way back at the fucking beginning. Okay, you are not, it's not like this, oh, we hit a checkpoint, so you're like halfway there, or you're three quarters of the way there, we'll start you here. No, your ass goes all the way back to the beginning. I swear, that part of the game was probably responsible for more broken controllers across the country than any other game was ever made for Nintendo, ever. And I mean, that does include like Dragon's Lair and... uh Shit, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, when you got the Mike Tyson, that's a whole other story that we won't get to today, unfortunately. And that's what soured me on the game, so I've never made it past that level. I have the game on on a uh, retro collection, yet I still can't get past that. My reflexes have advanced. You know, I've, I've gotten better with memorization, but I still cannot Get the whole damn thing down. Ah, what a bitch that game was. I love the arcade version. The arcade version was brutal. But it didn't have that turbo tunnel, so it's already got points ahead. 
So uh, try the arcade version if you can. It is on Rare Replay for Xbox and I'm guessing probably PlayStation, but mostly Xbox, I'm guessing. Um, or if you get out to an arcade that actually has it, like the Galloping Ghost Arcade in Brookfield, Illinois, uh, you get to play that. I mean, granted, the game was designed to be kind of a quarter gobbler, but I don't have to worry about that because I played free at home. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna move away from that trauma right now. We're gonna move on to something that almost ruined one of my favorite franchises early on. Okay, we're talking about the game, The Simpsons: Bart versus the Space Mutants from 1991. It's an NES release, basically early enough in the series to where they still could fuck around with the canon a little bit or make things non-canon, but they had some stuff to work with. And essentially what happened was the space mutants from the movies you always saw Bart and everybody watching early on in the series ended up being real, invading uh, Springfield, and Bart was the only one to know about it. And then you also found humans that were actually disguised aliens by wearing x-ray specs, hearkening back to the classic 80s movie They Live where Bart was there to kick ass and chew bubblegum, but he was really asking you to eat his shorts. Uh, the idea was that the aliens were trying to use different types of objects. They were collecting different objects in order to power a weapon to take over the world. And every level was different things. Now, here's the thing. I don't know what the other levels are because I never made it past the first damn level. First level, you had to collect or destroy like so many objects that were purple, so you had to collect them, destroy them, uh, spray paint over them, that sort of thing. And on top of that, you had to find these disguised aliens, defeat them, and you got a letter from the name of one of the other Simpsons that you completed that, they helped you in the boss battle. See, I would know that because I've never made it a friggin' boss battle, because there was always this one purple item that I could not find for the life of me. I would backtrack through that level like crazy because that's the idea you backtrack through the levels you found something that hey later in the level this is going to help me with that thing i found earlier in the level it'll spray paint or it'll you know destroy it or whatever i could never find that last purple thing and one of these days maybe i'll replay the game and i'll be able to find that last damn purple thing but you you had to look and you had to trial and error over and over again and that game drove me nuts thanks to that I never played another Simpsons console game until Bart's Nightmare on the SNES. That's that's one for another day where I might cover some SNES games. Um, and then I did play uh, Hit and Run. Uh, what's the other one called? Hit, Hit and Run was the Crazy Taxi one. And then, I don't know, Road Rage was Crazy Taxi. Hit and Run was the one that was like GTA. I played both of those for, uh, I believe it was the Xbox, the original Xbox. Again, we're gonna, we'll get into that another day. So we're going to move on now because, you know, The Simpsons is... I love The Simpsons. You can always tell just by the title of the, of the show and the fact that I didn't shut up about them for an entire episode. But this damn year ruined Simpsons games for me. Now we're going to move on to another franchise that is, well, owned by Disney... Uh, and we're going to talk about the game Mickey Mouse Capade from 1988, the very first level. That's a bitch and three quarters. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna lie. I mean, obviously playing it over and over again, you got the memorization. But you're going in dry your first time. Oh, you're gonna have a bad time. 
because you basically go into a, quote, fun house. The idea is you're going to rescue Alice from Alice in Wonderland. The best part is I found out the final boss of the game was Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty. How's that for some mix and match bullshit, huh? So you go into this, they call it a fun house, and Mickey and Minnie go in there, completely defenseless, no way to defend themselves, and they've got various items that are like little minor characters throughout Disney movies from up to that point. So you've got dancing chairs and brooms from like Fantasia, and just different little animals and whatnot. You find these little stars, which become your weapon, and you shoot these stars to defeat the bad guys and the whatnot and the who's it. But what you're doing is you're looking for this key. But to find this key, you have to go into a room, find another key, go get, go to this other room, get that key, find that key, and then find the exit where the boss is. Now, here's the fun part. Yes, they don't tell you where all this stuff is. You don't have a map or anything, so you got to kind of guess. And it sucks because you'd have certain points where you're shooting stars and it'll hit a wall. It'll hit like something in the middle of the in the middle of the screen. And it'll be like, oh, it reacts, so you keep hitting. And it pops open something secret. Maybe something to refill your life from the hits you took, make you invincible, that sort of thing. Or it can have this bird pop out that fucking full on kidnaps Minnie and now you gotta you gotta stop what you're doing and you gotta find Minnie. Because you cannot finish the level without Minnie. It will not even let you it won't even let you start the boss battle until you find Minnie. So now you gotta bumblefuck around this entire thing, shooting at random spots in the walls to find something that'll let you in to a room where there's three mini statues. And you have to guess which one actually contains Minnie. You find her, great, everything moves on, you're fine and dandy. You don't, the other statues disappear, you're kicked out of the little room. And then you have to find another entrance. All while enemies get to goddamn respawn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there was a cheat code of this game, actually, that um, you could skip to other levels. It was kind of like a tryout type of thing. Probably put in there by the programmers so they could test other levels. But the thing was, say you skip to, like, a third level. And there were, I think there were five levels in this game. You skip to the third level. You finish it. You didn't go to level four. No, you went back to the goddamn title screen. Now, I tried the fifth level. The fifth level is, you know, a bitch and a half because you had to figure shit out and find your way around this maze of a damn house or whatever it was. When you got to the exit, that should have been the boss battle. Title screen. So, to be honest, I've never... I've never actually gotten to the boss battle because trying to play through the whole game was a bitch. But that first level is what really sets the tone. Oh, that was a that was a fun game. I actually have it somewhere in an emulator, so but I'll get back to it one of these days. Maybe my maybe my nieces will love playing it. They love Mickey and Minnie. I don't know. Alright. We're gonna move on to our next little entry which was Ghostbusters from 1986 uh, for the NES from Activision. Basically kind of like the movie to a point, as best they could do on the NES. You were the Ghostbusters, but here's the thing. You're basically making money by busting ghosts. You're using that to upgrade your equipment so you can bust more ghosts and do all that stuff. And you're moving a little Ghostbuster symbol around a map to these different buildings. As you you come by the buildings, if they start flashing, hey – Hit a button, and then you go to a driving mode, and that mode 
takes you to wherever you're going. And so the further you wear on the map, the longer this drive is. And you're trying to maybe catch ghosts on the way, get some fuel for your car, because you have to keep the car gassed up. If it if it runs out of gas, you have to go to the gas station and fill up and spend money. Yay. And then you go catch the ghosts, catch them in your little trap, don't cross the streams, because crossing the streams would be bad. And lather, rinse, repeat. Now, after a certain point, enough of the what they call psychokinetic energy, which is what goes tomato, combines in this little building marked Zool, which kind of bothered me because technically you're fighting Gozer, not Zool. Zool is the gatekeeper. Okay, Vince Clortho is the keymaster, and I'm going into full nerd mode. But that's the idea. So you go to this building, you drive up there, you hop out. Here's where it sucks. Just like in the movie, they took the stairs to to the friggin' roof because the elevators weren't working. So they had to climb up with all that gear. And with this, it was pretty much the same thing. You're climbing up the stairs. The only problem was you had to hold the directional button down as which way you want to go, and you had to spam the A button. The thing is, for every push of the A button, you took one step. And it was not just, you know, you move. It's one step, one step. Okay, you moved. It's two pushes to move one thing, just to move move once because you're moving one leg at a time with each A button push. And you're trying to do this, get up 20 fucking floors. And you're avoiding ghosts the whole time that you can't shoot at. It sucks. You cannot you cannot shoot with your with your proton packs. And you have things that will maybe stop them, like a ghost bait that you can buy at the shop beforehand. And they'll be like, looks like a little ham steak or something. It's like, ooh. It's like, ooh, we want meat. And they fly down, and they're good for about 10 seconds, and they all come back at you. You get hit three times, you're done. Now, if you're going to try to just pound that A button, like, all day long, you're in for a bad time. So I got an NES satellite, I would say probably about 91, 92. It's one of those little things where you could hook four controllers in, and it was a little remote thing that, you know, was supposed to work remotely from the console. It had a turbo button. That saved my ass in a lot of games. So I'd hit that turbo button, and I would start, you know, just zooming up them stairs. You know, I'll be honest, I did, I did use Game Genie once in a while on some of these games to try to do stuff, and... Somehow did worse. Game Genie was that beautiful thing that you could plug onto your onto your cartridge, put in the Nintendo, enter a code from a code book, and get things like unlimited lives, unlimited ammo, be invincible. You know, turn your guy into Christopher Walken. I'm not entirely sure, but you could do it if you had the code. Now I would get up to that roof and I'd be like, "Yes, I could fight Gozer." I never beat Gozer. Oh no, no. Gozer was rough going because Gozer took about a million hits, but you didn't. And you you were on a timer because once Stay Puff got up there, you're done. And for some reason, Stay Puff always made it up there. Yeah, I suck. Well, now on to happier parts of this uh, wonderful podcast. We're going to go with this week's Plug and Play. And this week, I have the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Calabunga Collection, which is available on Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 5, the Nintendo Switch, and I believe PC. 
I don't entirely know because I don't look for PC games very much, but it should be out there. It is a collection of about 14 to 16 uh, Ninja Turtles games from the classic era, going all the way from the NES to the Super Nintendo. So you have NES games, you have Game Boy games, you have Sega Genesis games, and you have Super Nintendo games. So you have... uh, also have the two arcade games that they have, the actual arcade ports of the original Ninja Turtles arcade game and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4 Turtles in Time, which you have the SNES version to as well, and you have the NES version of the arcade, the original arcade game with the two extra levels, which was a lot of fun. And that was another one of those games that was, oh, you waited, you waited a couple weeks to rent that game, and then you played the hell out of it while you had it. And the best part about this, too, is it comes with all the box art already in there. Um, It has strategy guides. It has different little histories about the Ninja Turtles. And you can just play these games over and over again. There's a little rewind feature, so you're like, ah, I missed that jump. Rewind. And you can even choose between the the U.S. or Japanese ROMs. So you want a challenge. You want to play a game in Japanese and have no idea what what exactly you're uh, looking for. Go right ahead. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Unforgettable Luncheon. Don't forget to look for us on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever fine podcasts are available. Do follow because I do put out episodes every Tuesday. And uh, you can also reach out to me on Twitter at SteamTams81, on Instagram at SteamTams81. Twitch at SteamTams81, where I do my streaming. I have not done it for a little bit, but I'm getting back into it. Uh, where you'll get to watch me play retro games, current games, talk shit to games, and generally just tell jokes and stories from my life. And you get to see my doggy Chuck once in a while. Do reach out to me at any one of those uh, social medias and let me know what you think. Give me some constructive criticism. Tell me I'm doing a great job. Stroke my Stroke my tiny ego. And uh, Or maybe if there's a topic you'd like to hear about, definitely let me know, and I can, I can uh, include that in a future episode. Well, I hope a good time was had by all, and I will see you all next week with another topic that you can guarantee will be nerdy. <laughs>